Meditation helps us live with the peace and purpose of Christ. Download the Abide app today and start your practice of daily meditation. Welcome to this Abide Meditation. I'm Russ Jones, Abide's executive producer. In our home, along with reading the biblical Christmas narrative, it's a tradition to read a cup of Christmas tea, written by Minnesotan author Tom Hess and illustrated by Warren Hansen. A man receives an invitation from his elderly, ailing aunt, and, well, he just doesn't want to go. It's in the midst of the Christmas rush, and who needs the aggravation, right? The depression, the strain. Driven by guilt, he visits her anyway and discovers the true meaning of Christmas. With that in mind, wherever you are, just relax. Calm yourself from the rush of the season to get everything right. Breathe in deeply. Take in God's joy. Now exhale the tension that might get in the way of truly enjoying God's amazing gift of eternal life. Push away all the distractions, and yes, they will come. The evil one doesn't want you to focus on the Lord. Push away those distractions now. Go to the Lord. Job chapter 33 verse 4 says, The Spirit of God has made me, and the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Breathe in one more time the breath of God Almighty. Let's pray. Father, what an honor it is to have a front row seat to the greatest story in the universe. Don't let us miss you this Christmas season and help me to simplify my activities and traditions so I can focus my celebration on your birth. Thank you for being the Prince of Peace. And I ask you for that supernatural peace to reign in my heart. Thank you for the simple but life-changing message of your love for us. In a world where worry, not peace, prevails, stir up that good news again. This Christmas, make it real in our hearts. Never have we needed your joy and peace more than now. Thank you for the gift that you have given us, our Emmanuel, the Word made flesh. Forgive us for forgetting that your love never changes, it never fades, and that you never abandon the purpose for which you came. 
to save us, to save me from my sinful condition, and to give me life eternal, the joy of relationship with a holy God. Your birth and your death sealed your promise to me forever. It's in your holy name I pray. Amen. Well, as you know, Christmas can be a very stressful time of year. For many, the Christmas season is a mass of complex social interactions with family and relatives. Ease your mind now. God has got this. In your mind's eye, go around the Christmas table and think about those who have given you so much and that give you so much joy. Maybe there's someone missing at the table this year that gives you great pain and sorrow. And then maybe there's someone there that, well, just needs some serious God healing. He's got you. Turn your concerns over to him now. Maybe you feel overwhelmed with seasonal difficulties, awkward relationships, or missing loved one who is no longer here. Confess to God now whatever brokenness you feel. As we prepare to open God's Word, Focus less on yourself and the challenges of your life. Put your mind on Jesus. He wants you to be ready for him as he comes into the world. Listen now to John chapter 1, verse 14. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This scripture may nudge us to discern that there could well be expectations, or at least perceived expectations, to create a wonderful Christmas with presents and perhaps the most important meal of the year. Expectations that aren't focused on Jesus coming to us in the flesh for our salvation. Take a moment to ponder how this Christmas truly can be a great celebration, a celebration of the birth of the Messiah. Psalm 71 verse 9 reminds us this Christmas season. Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me, not when my strength is spent. Let me read that one more time and listen carefully to a word or a phrase that nudges you, that reaches you in your core. 
Do not cast me off in the time of old age. Forsake me not when my strength is spent. Maybe our meditation today, a cup of Christmas tea, gently reminds you of the important things in life, such as taking time for loved ones. What redemptive visits might you make that would be the best Christmas gift ever? Speak their names aloud before the Lord. Go to Him now. And with that, let's now go to our story. Tom Haig wrote A Cup of Christmas Tea in 1981 when his pastor asked him to write something for his church's 125th anniversary. While drawing on childhood memories, he composed a straightforward, sentimental poem that brought tears to his audience's eyes. First published in 1982, It's been a seasonal bestseller ever since. Sit back now and allow a cup of Christmas tea to speak to your heart. The log was in the fireplace, all spiced and set to burn. At last the yearly Christmas race was in the clubhouse turn. The cards were in the mail, all the gifts beneath the tree. In thirty days reprieve till Visa could catch up with me. Though smug satisfaction seemed the order of the day, something still was nagging me, and it would not go away. A week before, I got a letter from my old great aunt. It read, Of course I'll understand completely if you can't. But if you find you have some time, How wonderful if we could have a little chat and share a cup of Christmas tea. She'd had a mild stroke that year which crippled her left side. Though housebound now, my folks had said it hadn't hurt her pride. They said she'd love to see you. What a nice thing it would be for you to go and maybe have a cup of Christmas tea. But boy, I didn't want to go. Oh, what a bitter pill to see an old relation and how far she'd gone downhill. I remembered her as vigorous, as funny, and as bright. I remembered Christmas Eve's when she regaled us half the night. I didn't want to risk all that. I didn't want the pain. I didn't need to be depressed. I didn't need the strain. Oh, what about my brother? Why not him? She's his aunt, too. I thought I had it justified, but then before I knew, the reasons not to go I so painstakingly had built were cracking wide and crumbling in an acid rain of guilt. I put on boots and gloves and cap, shame stinging every pore, and armed with squeegee, sand, and map, I went out my front door. I drove in from the suburbs to the older part of town. 
The pastels of newer homes gave way to gray and brown. I had that disembodied feeling as the car pulled up and stopped beside the wooden house that held the Christmas cup. How I got up to the door I really couldn't tell. I watched my hand rise up and press the button of the bell. I waited, aided by my nervous rocking to and fro, and just as I was thinking I should turn around and go, I heard the rattle of the china and the hutch against the wall. The triple beat of two feet and a crutch came down the hall, the clicking of the door latch and the sliding of the bolt, and a little swollen struggle popped it open with a jolt. She stood there, pale and tiny, looking fragile as an egg. I forced myself from staring at the brace that held her leg. And though her thick bifocals seemed to crack and spread her eyes, their milky and diffracted depths lit up with young surprise. Come in, come in, she laughed the words. She took me by the hand, and all my fears dissolved away as if by her command. We went inside, and then before I knew how to react, before my eyes and ears and nose was Christmas past, alive, intact. The scent of candied oranges, of cinnamon and pine, the antique wooden soldiers in their military line, the porcelain nativity I'd always loved so much, the Dresden and the crystal I'd been told I mustn't touch. My spirit fairly bolted like a child out of class and danced among the ornaments of calico and glass. Like magic, I was six again, deep in a Christmas spell, steeped in the million memories that the boy inside knew well. And here among old Christmas cards so lovingly displayed, a special place of honor for the ones we kids had made. And there beside her rocking chair, the center of it all, my great aunt stood and said how nice it was I'd come to call. I sat and rattled on about the weather and the flu. She listened very patiently, then smiled and said, What's new? Thoughts and words began to flow. I started making sense. I lost the phony breeziness I use when I get tense. She was still patiently interested in everything I did. She was positive, encouraging, like when I was a kid. Simple generalities still sent her into fits. She demanded the specifics, the particulars, the bits. We talked about the limitations that she had to face. She spoke with utter candor and with humor and good grace. Then defying the reality of crutch and straightened knee, on wings of hospitality she flew to brew the tea. I sat alone with feelings that I hadn't felt in years. I looked around at Christmas through a thick, hot blur of tears. And the candles and the holly she arranged on every shelf the impossibly good cookies she still somehow baked herself. 
But these rich and tactile memories became quite pale and thin. When measured by the Christmas, my great aunt kept deep within. Her body halved and nearly spent, but my great aunt was whole. I saw a Christmas miracle, the triumph of a soul. The triple beat of two feet in a crutch came down the hall, the rattle of the china and the hutch against the wall. She poured two cups. She smiled, and then she handed one to me. And then we settled back and had a cup of Christmas tea. Let's pray. Father, please help my family and I to remember the true meaning of Christmas, the celebration of your son's birth. It was an event that transformed the world, and I ask that you help us remember what Jesus' birth and life truly mean this holiday season. And I pray for those whose hearts are battered by sorrow or broken relationships, for those whose lives only know conflict and confusion, for those whose bodies are tired and tested beyond their ability to endure this year. Precious Savior, draw them close to you. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world to save me from my sins. Please don't let me get distracted by gift-giving, cooking, and other traditions. Instead, help me keep my focus on Jesus. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Before you go, linger here for a while. Among the scent of this precious visit we heard about in a cup of Christmas tea, linger as long as you need. Think about the story. Who might need a visit from you this Christmas? How can you be the hands and feet of Jesus? Maybe as you go about your day, someone will come to mind. We look forward to spending time again with you again tomorrow. But until then, may you meditate and abide in Christ. Thanks for listening to this Abide Meditation. For more biblical meditations that encourage regular, relevant, and transforming connection with Jesus, download the Abide app today.